This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Look, wins, losses, doesn't matter, guys. We still go to work. We still do what we got to do. Now, what we normally do on PFF night, we'll do, uh, obviously, we'll sit down and, you know, with John Costco, even though it's a bye week, we'll eliminate the Patriot talk of this week. Maybe we'll get to that next week. Um, we got some topics. John actually asked for a little bit of a floor here. He's got some grievances he wants to get to. So Jeff Lloyd, John Costco, obviously from PFF, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Uh, John, one thing, and you know, we've talked about this, uh, it's, it's the edge. Um, you know, miles look, sometimes the production masks, the overall, performance in the way he grades out and when you don't get two sacks it maybe looks a little worse than it is um Olivier Vernon and there'll still be people screaming look at the stat line look at the stat line uh he I'm pretty sure he was on the PFF uh, all defensive team of the week uh it's a great duo you know you still need all four of these guys you know to hopefully play a little better play a little more cohesive but that part of it is pretty much kind of getting it done yeah so I mean they hadn't the, the, the duo of Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett really hadn't come together at all this year until this game. But did really many people notice them unless they, you know, outside of the two sacks that Miles Garrett had, and he also had another sack on a, on a play he lined up off sides. Um, I mean, you really, I mean, people saw Olivier Vernon was like kind of like all over the place or whatever. Um, but in general, like, I mean, like Miles Garrett, like wreaked havoc. Uh, especially on, on on Fant on George Fant there, who's not a good offensive tackle, but I mean he had um, a monster game. He had ten total pressures. He had two sacks, a hit, seven hurries. He also won on a couple other pass rush snaps. So, um, but like you know, obviously when you look at at the game, uh, Russell Wilson had a touchdown pass on a play where he was completely stonewalled. So people kind of like remember that, right? Or they remember the two sacks, and obviously sacks are great, but. Uh, for the most part, he was very effective in, in his pass rush. But when you have the rest of the, the defensive line, uh, Sheldon Richardson was not great. He actually, but he was fine. Um, Larry Ogunjobi was not good in this game. Uh, so when, you know, he had a hit on that, on, on Wilson, which obviously then turned into a penalty, but. That was cheesy. That was a bad call. Right. I mean, we can complain about the refs in this game, but, you know. Oh, and, no, no, like, no. Right. I mean, like most, I mean, that's all that Twitter has been today, but you know, like they, Dude, the there are people part... putting up the phone number for the league offices, telling people to call and leave a voicemail. Look, let me tell you something. I don't care how bad your Monday is. I am not, I am not placing a phone call to the NFL league offices, especially when I turned the ball over four times and I had a punt blocked. Right. There's, there's nothing. Uh, I mean, like fans can make a stink about it and everything. And the refs are, have been bad all year long for, all teams in the NFL. They've been very bad this year. So it's not just isolated to the Browns. Obviously, like some of the things loom large for the Browns and what happened yesterday. But yes, when you turn the ball over four times, have a punt block and you can't stop them on, on a, you know, two minute drive at the end of the half, they were, you had the lead in the fourth quarter. That's on you. Like you still had the lead in the fourth quarter, you know, with, I don't know, you know, midway through the fourth quarter i can't remember exactly when the seahawks scored i think it was actually under five minutes left in the game so you had the opportunity to to stop them and you didn't that's on you yes was you know there's can you blame the refs for some things sure but don't blame them for not for the browns losing a game you don't you you 
be more accurate with the football. Don't drop a couple passes. You win that game, no problem whatsoever. And the refs never come into the equation. So, but yeah, so it, take care of business, and you don't ever have to argue about the refs. The refs are are always bad. It's just when they, when you know, you, it goes against your team, you get mad about it, especially in a game like this where. Sure, like a third quarter play that Jarvis was blocking on that was a legal blind, you know, called a legal blindside block. That that wasn't the the thing that determined that game. It wasn't. So, but regardless, back to the uh, defensive side of the ball, <laughs> Olivier Vernon and, and Miles Garrett they they wreaked havoc in this game. But when you when you have your two starting cornerbacks injured and not playing in this game. That's going to matter. And it showed up in this game where TJ Carey is a 34.4 grade in coverage. Jermaine Whitehead, 46.5 in coverage. Terrence Mitchell, 51.8. I think you said that uh, that was a mirage and it was going to come back. I did. Like, and all these guys, all this was a mirage. Like, oh, they were so great against the the Ravens. I I told you that none of this was going to stay still. It was going to happen again. It just, it hasn't. And you've seen it. They They got beat up last week. Defense got beat up again this week. When you the the process and what we do at PFF, it's like all this stuff. It's like it's noise. Turnovers are noise. If you can get them, great. But against a team like the Seahawks that does not turn the ball over, if you can't create those turnovers and what you've been relying on for good defense are turnovers, bad things are going to happen. You've got to play sound defense. You've got to stay in kite coverage. You've got to play, you know, gap sound. You have to play in your with good technique when you're playing man. You have to play good technique when you're in zone. If you don't do that stuff, you're going to lose. And you saw it happen where those guys, four of the lowest graded players in that in that game were in the secondary. Eric Murray's another one. He was a 57.6 in coverage. Like So none of those guys were good in coverage when you had, obviously, two really good edge defenders wreaking havoc on, on the you know offensive line. It didn't matter because coverage matters more than pass rush. And here's the thing. And this was the week you really needed – Denzel and Greedy back. Greedy had the history. Denzel, there's nobody on the roster. And look, I'm not saying Denzel Ward can hang with 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 Lockett, but he gives probably the best opportunity to hang with him. Absolutely. Um, they look. I mean, yes, they came back to practice. If you truly read the writing on the wall, what would they like to do? Give them a week next week where they can start, you know, working them a little bit more, then get them back into a game week. You kind of felt the writing was on the wall there, and that led to whatever it did. Um, I even guess we even did. without them, you still had a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. And honestly, so, if you really want to look at it, it should have never gotten to that point. Right. Right. And because of the, all the miscues that you had on offense and obviously a punt block, it's just, it, you shouldn't have to, it shouldn't get to that point. So, Yes, like is it would it have, they have been better off with Greedy and Denzel there? Absolutely, but if you they those guys re-injure their hamstrings, which hamstrings can linger forever if that they don't heal up to hundred percent, and then you lose them for the year. That's that's worse than you know taking your chances on a one game right before the bye week. Now they have another week to heal up. They'll be hundred percent for the rest of the season, or I assume, and you'll be good to go. But you. St- even without them, you still had a chance to win the game. My whole thing was that, like, without them, they haven't been good when, you know, fans and everybody was saying, yeah, this defense has been playing great, when it was a lot of luck 
So, yeah. well, and look, I mean, you go back to the Ram game and you see what Jared Goff's doing right now. So that kind of, you know, maybe they looked good, but uh, also like where the Rams and the state of the Rams are right now. Yeah, um, the Rams. The Rams have not played very well. Obviously, Jared Goff had like almost a thousand yards in two games, but that was uh, garbage time type stuff, and a lot of it was pretty bad quarterback play. Um, yeah, and, and you know, so. a lot of it was Cooper Cup just running ridiculous routes and busting people's ankles and getting himself wide open. Where you know, and well I for mean, my fantasy team. Yes, and um, an XFL quarterback would have made those throws. Uh, we'll sneak in an ad here real quick, obviously, because we have to do this. We got more coming with John. We'll get to the offensive side of it. Then we'll get to a little bit more gameplay and strategy. And, you know, if you haven't taken your Tums, might, now might be the time to throw that one in real quick, guys. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret to longer lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, all caps. Uh, use this one for when the kids are sleepovers or date nights or the anniversaries. Uh, let her know. You can still maybe kind of be that marathon man. <laughs> I know, John. Get it out. Get it out. I love to get it out. Uh, John, there are a couple things here. Um, we're going to get to the offensive side of it. Um, now, you, you brought this up a couple weeks ago about Tyron, uh, Tyron Taylor ran the wrong route. Daryl Reuter is saying today that Freddie said that somebody ran a wrong route yesterday. Did that come out in anything PFF wise that you guys noticed? I didn't, I didn't notice a, a wrong route. My first guess would have been Callaway. My first guess would have been, been that too. I would have to go back and look at it. I know that there's, um, you know, there's always like kind of, t- the thing is, is that there's, there's so many issues with the Browns offense right now that with timing um, wrong routes that like it, it doesn't just happen. It's not just a one-off thing where you're just like, oh, that looked weird. It, like a lot of it looks bad. So when you have. I'm wondering if maybe it was Baker's uh, interception, the slant or whatever, you know, where the two guys kind of ran into each other. I'm wondering if maybe somebody didn't take the appropriate footing that they were supposed to take. I mean, it's possible there. I know that there was obviously the collision and stuff like that, but um, you know, the, the, and, and that, that too is like a, that's the thing is like with a lot of the Baker's interceptions have, I mean, there, I know there's a stat going around. I actually don't know where it came from, but of how Baker's has this unlucky interception luck, unluck or whatever. Um, and it's true. Like, he's been the most unlucky quarterback in terms of, like, a ratio of turnover throws to interceptions uh, since he's entered the league. Uh, but, like, he's got a knack for, for, you know, like, just like on the, the pass to Jarvis where it was, you know, an interception or whatever. Uh, he threw it behind him. 90% of the time that type of pass where, you know, the Jarvis has a hand on the ball and it just pops up in the air, it falls incomplete. Um, naturally it fell, fell into the lap of, of a defender. Same thing with the, you know, Dontrell Hilliard interception, hit him in the hands, pops up in the air, falls into the lap of a defender. Like, like and the same thing with Callaway the week before you can talk about last year, Callaway against uh, when he threw it to him on a hitch um, or a curl route where he slipped on the, I think on the, the sand in in uh, Oakland. Yep. Pick six. Uh, had another one interception at, return. Yep. At the end of a regulation in that game where he was throwing it deep, Callaway like drifted off his route. Callaway last week against the 49ers, even though Baker forced that into into coverage there while he's getting hit, Callaway ran the wrong route there too. So like things happen where I would just assume it probably was Callaway at some point, and I don't know why they continue to play him. Oh, I can fix him. I can fix him. It's that typical coach speak type stuff, but. 
Where and he, the thing is, play. is Rashard Higgins is like the he's like the kid who shows up every day, and it's like, all right, well, you know, and gets like the C plus. And Callaway, it's like, well, oh, maybe every now and then he'll do something that resembles an A. Well, he's not getting suspended. He's not failing piss tests. He's not getting pulled over by the police. Like, if I'm Rashard Higgins and he's a kind of a quiet guy, this is the time where I'm going to get a little bit loud. Like, what's going on here? Uh, like, what is the issue? And the other thing is, if you weren't going to play him a down, then just suit up Ratley for special teams. That yeah, was so the weirdest thing about it. It's interesting, you know, and Freddie had his conference today. He's like, oh, we had a package of plays from him, but we didn't find a need to play the package of plays. It's like, why isn't he the starting, like, uh, like in the, thir- the three wide receiver set like that? That's what he needed to be. Callaway should be the per- player that you have a certain package of plays for to, like, get him open deep. Like, that... That means it keeps it seems so Make backwards. It, uh, like Callaway used to be an afterthought. Like, all right, we got this going, we got that going, we got. Hey, let's go in and let's go take Callaway and let's go do this. And that's what it, they did last year. They they that when when Freddie entered the 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 equation as the play caller, he dialed back his snaps. And and here's the thing is that everything was going right so well last year. Um, once he became you know the offensive coordinator, um. But it, like that's all he had to do, right? He was just the offensive coordinator. Yep. Now he's the head coach and the offensive coordinator, so he's got like quadruple the amount of responsibility on his plate. So there's there's so much more that he has to do that he can't just focus on that one area, which you know he was good at last year. Assuming that's what he was, you know, it was him and not Ken Zampezi, which you know I, all that stuff that's out there. I'm, whatever it is, he's he's too focused on other things outside of like actual play calling, just like with, and I'm going off into another tangent here, but like it's an example is when, you know, that fourth down and goal situation and where he challenged the, the if, if Jarvis got into the end zone or not, uh, before he threw the challenge flag, which is fine. Like show the, show the flow, excuse me, throw the challenge flag because it was a touchdown. They screwed up. But what the Seahawks saw was that you started to run a play. It was power to the right. And from a certain formation, a jumbo package. So you come back after that. They've already seen that and run the same exact play. So it's that's freshman high school. That's freshman football. It's ridiculous. They already know it's coming. Like what you need to do when you line up in a certain formation is that if you want to do that, that's where you come with the play action, whatever the play action is off of that run. That's what you do there. Like be one step ahead. It was so sophomore. Right. And so like when when I've heard a lot of people also like, why isn't, you know, on the third third down goal play, it's like, why are you throwing it? Why not just, you know, run Chubb into the and score touchdowns like the next play they ran Chubb into the end zone. He got stuffed for one yard loss. Like like what? I mean, it's all about executing and like actually showing the defense something and doing something different. It's not about just like lining up and executing like that just doesn't happen. You have to like. There's some type of mister, you know, disguising misdirection, some type of doing something to fool the defense, you know, line up in five wide, actually run it or something. Obviously, you need a quarterback that can do that. You know, you line up in a jumbo personnel, you throw it. Teams don't expect it. They they bring you put in a jumbo personnel. They're expecting a run. So when you if you pass from it, it throws them off. If you if you run from eleven personnel, it throws them off. So. What they did yesterday was that they just line up, and Freddie has said this so many times that, you know, well, we, it's all about the players. You, you know, we have to be able to run it when they are expecting us to run it. It's like, mm, no, when you do that, they'll just stop the run because they can load the box up with more players than you can block. 
and you have to rely on a player, you know, making one person miss. And if somebody misses on their block, that makes you have to make two people miss and it just doesn't work. So you have to be able to disguise stuff. And so like when, so when he's doing stuff like, you know, going on this tangent, when Freddie's like jawing with the refs, he's not even thinking about what the play call is going to be next because he's, he's not in that mindset. He's thinking about other things. He's wasting his time with other things. If you, you know, if you want to challenge it, that's fine. But then you have to be like prepared. Hey, what are we going to do if this is not successful? Come up with your best two point play and, and dial that up. That was not it. Just driving it, trying to run it down the throats into a, a loaded box. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Like well, the numbers show was, it. Like when you have 11 players in a box and you try to run it into the box, like the success rate on that is bad. But success rate on like on actually running it on fourth and short like that is good when you have advantageous situations and set yourself up for that. Like quarterback sneaks actually do really well. They they convert in like 75% of the time. There's a reason Tom Brady's old ass is still running them. Yes, exactly. Um, my thing was with the review, it, it feels a little bit like um, the movie A Few Good Men and uh, Demi Moore's character. No, Your Honor, I strenuously object. It was like, Freddie, we're over this now. This has been six minutes of real time. You've taken away all momentum that your offense had going, and then you run the same play. Like I said, you should have gone whatever the play action is off of that. Or you know what? Come out in four wide, split Nick out wide. Most likely they're going to call a timeout because they weren't ready for it because you just went big and jumbo. Or you want to know what? Come out five wide you know, with Nick. Bring Nick and Odell into the backfield. Give that wham look. Run that option away or whatever. I mean, there's got to be the, the lack of creativity. And this is probably part of it is when he gets into the blah, 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 the nonsense and the bitching and moaning with the officials is, he forgets that he's creative and, you know, the plays we saw against the Ravens that we've been screaming for that we haven't seen since last winter. Where is that type of stuff? And look, you know, if Odell's lined up at eye back and, you know, Nick is there, you know, two, two, I mean, less than a, you know, a yard and a half behind the right guard. And you know, that plays a possibility that's going to cause some concern. I mean, but the audacity and the stupidity to run the same freaking play. I mean, it's, it's immature and it's a waste of time. And I guess, well, I, before we get to this last segment, I guess, John, there were zero sacks yesterday. Was that because of the offensive line? Was that because of Baker maybe finally starting to realize he can run with the ball? Nobody's going to find you or anything of that nature. Or was it just Baker picking up on it? Or offensive line? Uh, the, the offensive line was way better yesterday. So you look at a couple things. So the Seahawks don't have a very good defense. So I expect we talked about this with Clowney. He's a great athlete. He's fun to watch, but you know, contrary to Olivier Vernon, it's about the same numbers, but you don't really get the same grade. Right. Exactly. So like you, he's, he's a, he's, he's a good player. Clowney's a good player, but he's not that he's not a guy that's going to get after the quarterback on a, on a consistent basis. And he can get shut down because he doesn't really play with great technique. He's all about athleticism and just kind of beating you with his athleticism. Um, so if you go up against, you know, if you, if you can have any type of good play against him, you're, you're going to stymie him. So, you know, in this game, Betonio had an 89 pass block grade. Cush had an 85.1. Robinson had an 81.9. JC Treader had an 80.9. Um, where the issues were was Dontrell Hilliard. He was the, he gave up the lone hit that was on on Baker. 
Um, you know, Dearness so Johnson gave up was an not interception great. and gave up a hit. Okay. Yeah, he was he was bad in the game. So like, <laughs> I mean, really, like, the so the offense was line was was great in this game. So Baker could trust them. Uh, Hubbard was the one spot that was on the actual offensive line that was that struggled. He gave up three pressures, his grade of fifty point nine. But so it gave Baker, I guess, more of a calm sense there in in that game, and he navigated the pocket when he did get pressure a lot better than he had in previous weeks. Um, and and they were basically, you know, he was getting the ball, you know, quickly. It's not about just getting the ball out quickly too. It's you got to have things dialed up properly. You have to you know, read the defense and, and get it to the right guys. And here's the issue too. So like um, Baker's like, you know, obviously there's four drops in a game. Um, obviously the one to Dontrell Hilliard, but like every single one of those dr- like drops were behind the receiver. They weren't hitting them in stride. And I gotten, I, I don't know why I do this or anything, but when you get in arguments on Twitter, I, I guess I should just probably quit. But I mean, there's a huge, if you don't know the difference between there's a guy running, horizontally across the field from left to right and you throw it to his back hip and make him turn or turn away from the direction he's running to try to catch the ball it is harder to catch that ball than if you were just to lead him and it this it hit him right in stride on the chest right at shoulder height stuff like that so when you're not pinpoint with the ball it makes it harder to catch the ball Are, were they bad throws not no they weren't bad but they weren't perfect and you want to remove any doubt of it being caught or not hit him in stride. So when it comes to Odell's second uh, drop of the game, that was behind him. Baker was early on that throw. The timing was completely off on it. And he zipped it in there. Like he, he put a laser shot in there. And so you're putting it on, on Odell Beckham Jr.'s back shoulder when he's just made his break. So, Baker's pass there is too early timings off because he's rushing the throw. He reads it right, but he has to slow it down. So, and then he also, if he's going to throw it too, he he throws such a hard ball that if you're off on your accuracy, like he was, it's hard to catch those balls. So timings off throwing lasers like that. And you put it in the right, wrong spot. It, it makes it, you're obviously creating doubt in, in, Hey, who's at fault here? Baker's not ultimate if like the more of the blame goes on the, on the Odell on that because it hit him directly in the hands. Same with his first drop. It hit him directly in the hands also behind him as well. Dontre Hillard also behind him early on that throw too. So it's the whole timing of this offense is off and it's because Baker's rushing his throws. He sees things like he's starting to see the field better now, which is obviously pro, you know progress from earlier in the season when it just looked like he had no clue what he was looking at, but now he has to like see it. And then realize, all right, this is this. These are the like the, the footwork I need to use. I need to throw it at this time, and I need to get it to this spot. So, he, obviously, we know that he has really good accuracy. I think I think maybe it's a little bit overrated from what like. And I'm this is even me. Like I I said that he was like incredibly accurate player, and he, he is. He's an accurate player when everything around him is perfect. But I think it's a little bit you know, when he's rushing and things that things go off, he can get to that good accuracy. We've seen it. Like you see the pinpoint throws. He makes a lot, he can make those big time throws, but he's got to get back to that, that point where he, he can um, just slow it down. He knows what he's seeing. So like he, he's seen what he's seen it properly. And I guess this is, this is like almost like a rookie, what you're looking at. So like when you see a rookie, he's like, 
Um, yeah, things, things are, you know, starting to slow down for me. It's almost as if like things aren't slowed, haven't slowed down for him yet. And maybe it's just kind of some growing pains within the offense and, and the new weapons and all that stuff, but he's definitely just got to slow it down. Uh, and like everybody with the, and look, my whole thing with the Hilliard interception is what the hell are we doing? Throwing the ball to Hilliard. I, I mean, you know, this is where Higgins needed to be in. Um, if you don't have the confidence in Callaway, what is he doing in, um, you know, the, why is yeah. Callaway? I mean, why is Hilliard there running around in a huge key situation? Look for me, so, you know, uh, I have about seven favorite sandwiches. Uh, I'm not going to break out liverwurst because I'm hungry. I'm going to go to one of my favorite seven first, and it just makes no sense. Yeah. So <laughs> go ahead. Um, the so if you listen to some Todd Munkin interviews from earlier, I think it was like early August. He had an interview on a podcast. Um, and then you even, even this week when they were talking about Higgins, um, he's almost thought of as an afterthought by this coaching staff. Like, yeah, Which he's a nice weird piece. Though, and it doesn't I think make, yeah. like Adam Humphreys, like Adam Humphreys made a boatload of money playing at a Todd Munkin offense. I, I don't see where Rashard Higgins. Is I like think this what guy they, that, uh, the thing I, is, we, we this don't is what coaches do, right? So coaches will see, they look at traits and they go, there's nothing elite about this guy. Like, because they, they can't see it. It's not, it's, he doesn't have elite quickness. He doesn't have elite speed. Uh, he doesn't have elite size. None of that stuff. So, like, traits wise, you, you would look at that receiver and go, like, meh, he's okay. But, like, what he does on the field is that he knows how to read defenses. He knows how to get to the right spots and the right timing. He knows how to set, he knows how to run routes. He knows how to set up defensive backs to create separation without using the speed. And so, when he, and he does it with sure hands. So, that is a trustworthy option, whereas Callaway has all the tools in the world because he's super. He's got the speed. He's got the he can. He's got the quick agility. Um, he he looks the part of what a you know a Deshaun Jackson, a dude that can that should be able to to make hay in the NFL. But he doesn't have it in the mental state of mind. He doesn't know how to read defenses. He doesn't know where to line up. He doesn't have it in the mental side of things. So. That's the thing is like, oh, we can fix them. And that's where that's where like why players bust in drafts because they'll see the traits. Stuff he should already know. He should right. already know this part of it. Right. That's why it's why like Corey Coleman busted. Like he had all the raw tools in the world and he feasted on 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 college you know athletes. And but when he goes big and athletes, you know, pretty comparable to him, because he's still an elite athlete. Like dude runs four, three, two, all that stuff. Like it that that doesn't matter. Unless you like have the mental capacity to be able to like understand what defenses are doing and and beat them, and so he can't. Callaway can't. He can, you know, when it's dialed up perfectly for him, perfect situation, he's great. But I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't know the playbook. Clearly, doesn't. So I just don't get it. I like that's where coaches like go get things wrong. Even scouts and everything like that. Like they all they all get it wrong when they do that. Because if you have to, and that's why, like, from the outside perspective, you know, like, at PFF, we loved Corey Coleman coming out because it, all the tools are there. But when it comes to actually evaluating a player, you have to know the player. Like, you yep, you have to like know the player. Nobody knew his fondness for Instagram strippers. Nobody knew his fondness for that. Right. I mean, I didn't know about that. <laughs> so, like, that's well, the thing. Like, you have to know that stuff. Thing with Corey Coleman. You yeah, have to know that's, that stuff. That and that's why you have to get the yes. home. And that's why player um, like Callaway, like his judgment's obviously bad. You know that, 
So, like, can you coach that out of them? It's a, like a 1% chance type thing. Like, you know, I think, what is it? Tyron Matthew was a guy that had yep. multiple issues in college. He cleaned that up. Like, that's a rare thing. That's a reason why he went in the third round and why Joe Banner passed on him and for Leon McFadden. So, you know. And I still remember we sat down one day, me and Pete, we, we sat down and we did the math of when Callaway failed the piss test at the combine as opposed to when his child was born. It was 32 days. So that meant his child was excited. He got high and went to the NFL combine. It was like, for me, no, dude, I'm out. I'm all the way out. You had a kid 30 days, you know, you had a kid, you got high 48 to 72 hours later and had a chance to resurrect your life and get everything right for you. And you go to the most important job interview of your life and they handed you a piss cup and you found a way to test 30. We're going to get here in a second, guys. Obviously, you know, appreciate everybody along for the listen. Uh, Zabo Apparel, we were to give away some of their gear. Uh, it was an odd one this week. The, the one I put out, I was surprised actually somebody hit the over-unders. But congratulations. Uh, Zabo Apparel, Vermilion, Ohio. Fantastic product. The shirts, love them. I cannot say enough things about the folks over at Zabo. So go ahead make sure you need anything apparel-wise. Check out the folks at Zabo. They actually showed up shirts in bag for Jared Mueller yesterday at the game. And we were able to hook him up and take care of Jared. So you need anything, check out the folks. John, I want to go – we had talked about this last week, and we did a little preview on Seattle, and the thing was is Russ is playing off the wall. The best thing to do is to keep the ball out of Russ's hands. And then you get Freddie today with, I needed to be aggressive there. I wanted to use my timeouts to score. Then they get the ball back and score again. You've got to respect what a guy like Russell Wilson is. The key is have Russ – you had the ball at the nine-yard line, minute 30, minute 23, whatever it was, second and goal from the nine. Um, Nick Chubb had already had a seven-yard touchdown run under his belt. You need to make Seattle exhaust what they have there. And even if you ran – the worst thing you could have done there is ran out of the half at 23 to 12. You get – go to half at 20 to 18. Seattle gets the ball. It's not playing scared. It's playing smart. The last thing you wanted to do is give Russell Wilson one more legitimate shot in that half. And if this was after the punt block, which they saved to only a field goal. They had done a really good job, the defense. Freddie's, you can't just put it on the defense. Let Seattle dictate how this is going to be handled in that scenario. It was a shit show. And then the way he talked, even aggravated me more because it, like, it just seems like, do you not get who Russell Wilson is? Yeah. So, um, I get trying to score, you know, um, you know, I mean, like if they score a touchdown on that play where instead of throwing an interception, you know, it's obviously a different, different That's story. A bad where... route for Jarvis Landry though. That's a I bad, mean, it's route a bad throw. That's one thing is like, Baker Baker had one turnover we throw in that game and that was it and the reason why even though like like usually you're not thinking that's probably getting picked or whatever like he threw it pretty far behind Jarvis and Jarvis is having to like break up an interception you know to I can't remember who was covering him and then it 
you know, I ended up actually getting picked. But I, th- I think it was I think it was Griffin underneath, and then it was a uh, Tedrick Tom- Thompson or whatever the one who got the pick. Yeah, there we go. Yep. So when, but I mean, t- it- Griffin on him is not a, a, a fair advantage in that much that small of a confined area. Griffin is no, six foot I, one I, with long arm. Right. Jarvis if you hit this, is five foot ten. Yeah, it, if it you hit this and right, and Griffin runs a four three two, four three seven, whatever it is, but um. And he's I got mean, short area quickness, unlike eighty. Right. So if you if you, I mean, if you hit him with accuracy, you're extremely unlikely of having that picked, right? You're probably more likely having it a touchdown if you hit him with with good accuracy on that ball. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, he rushed the throw. He saw it, and which is fine. But he he threw it off his back foot, and he, you know, he didn't he didn't set and step into the throw. He threw it off his back foot, so he rushed it. Um, and that's where the inaccuracy comes from. Um, and you know, I, do you burn, do you milk the clock and, and get out of there and, and, and hopefully, you know, obviously going, going to the half with a, you know, 27 to 12 lead. Yeah. That is ideal because if you score right away, it's just like, I mean, if you score right away, like that, you know, so be it, but when you don't score, obviously it makes it worse. They drive down the field and score. Then they get the ball back and they could drive again and score. And I think that's what happened, right? They they actually scored back to back like that. But uh, I can't remember when that the next touchdown came. But um, maybe they maybe they stopped them on the on the first drive of the, of the second half. I can't. It was it was it was yesterday. But um, that's the thing is like you're 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 risking something to, for a, like a I don't know maybe it. 5% chance of you getting the ball back quickly against the, the probably what's going to be end up being the MVP. Like do the math, man, do the math. Yeah. Uh, I mean, R- Russell Wilson in a two minute drill against your defense without your cornerbacks. I mean, come on, that that's where, that's where it becomes, that's where it becomes a, a, a bad decision of, of the mindset. Like I, I get the mindset. Like I don't mind the, the aggressive mindset, but I think you have to also realize what you have on defense and yeah. Yeah. You've held them to uh, 12 points or whatever up until then, but like you have to understand your defense with, with no, you know, you're lo- you're out, your two starting cornerbacks against Russell Wilson. Who's, you know, does Russell Wilson things like you have to understand who that quarterback is. Are you going to, if you can tell me you want to have put that ball back into Patrick Mahomes hands, Tom Brady's hands, any any elite quarterback's hands and give them give them a minute 40 to drive down the field no you don't want to do that you just don't so yeah i mean the whole thing it's just it, it, it's poor management and the other thing though is is uh look let your defense get the rest there uh they were going to have to be on the field to start the second half um you could have had a shot there where russ was cold for 25 minutes maybe 30 minutes of a half an hour uh, i'm not saying it makes going to make a world of difference but the more he's sitting and watching people play football is better. Just all of that was handled just badly, badly, badly. John, anything we didn't get to here yet that you want to interject on? Um, I think, I think so. Like this might be a, oh, a big well, here's one, but here's one I want to throw in real quick. Uh, okay. The Nick, the Nick Chubb screen game. It, it, it's, it's getting to the point now where my wife sees it coming um, if Nick's got, not going to be able to run different routes, and this is the angle route or the choice against a linebacker, 
it's getting a little obvious. And I'm not saying, look, Nick may be able to do that, maybe not. We're not going to know until you put him out there and back and then think you're going to fool the world by doing it then. Uh, but maybe Nick should start at least trying to run some of these routes. So I don't know what they do in practice, right? Like, I don't know if they if they practice them and they go, man, you're just really bad at these routes. He's not, He's never been the receiving back. Um, and you've seen it like, uh, I think it was the, I think it was the Jets game. Maybe it was, maybe it was the, the Rams game. Yep. It was early in the season where he, he ran the wrong route and Baker wanted to throw it to him. And he's like, he couldn't like, and that's part of where like the whole timing of this offense is off. Is that like, like p- players running the wrong routes. Chubb did that early on in the season. Um, he's never been that type of a player where you can just, you can trust him. Not never was that in college and he doesn't have the build for it too. So he's, he's your traditional like power type back that you're, you know, if you get him on like a screen game or the, uh, like a check down or something like that, that's where he can maybe make some work in a passing game. But he's, he's just never been that as, as good of a route runner. Um, and it, I talked I mean, with somebody it, who's, I talked with somebody that said his physique is what probably hurts him as being an overall, you know, being able to run these routes. He's yeah. as thick as a guy can be for their size. And the, maybe the wiggle there as far as being fake and, you know, basically separate, it's one thing that he just might not be able to do because of the physical frame that he carries. Well, he, you know, he has like the, the lateral quickness and stuff like that to be able to, to run the route. So it's just a, maybe a matter of him learning to do that. And maybe that is, he can't yet, like, because he, you know, perhaps he never had to do that in Georgia, um, you know, because he, he just wasn't used as a pass, you know, a pass catcher there. And so, like, he's got to get that down. Whereas, like, a guy like Kareem Hunt, when he comes back in, in week eight, like, he is that guy. That's the He's a guy that can do everything. And that's why he's a guy that, like, when we talk about the best backs in the NFL, he's in that conversation because he can do all the things with the ball from, you know, from running standpoint that Nick Chubb can do. But then he has he adds that pass catching element to, as well, and he's really good at it. So um, the Browns All are right, missing. Yeah, the Browns are missing like that element for sure. But I mean, Chubb Chubb is good in what he does with the, with the ball in his hands from a running standpoint. But All right, real quick here, let's get this Debbie Downer moment in. Jump in, bud. Yeah. So I I think like it's the Browns. So the the, the obviously the the product on the field hasn't been what. Browns thought it was going to be this year and sitting at two and Not four thought. right and so sitting at two and four it could easily be one in five like I tweeted this out today that they're a Sam Darnold mono illness yeah, away from you, being first off why would you do that but go ahead I know just to, just to rile up the the fan base and <laughs> lose some followers along the way but like it's true so like they've like even that a game against the Jets like they they got lucky to play against Luke Falk and Trevor Simeon Luke Falk is not even on the team anymore. He's not. A, he got. He was cut as soon as Sam Darnold got healthy. He was cut. So like they got lucky that they had. They were playing against guys that like probably shouldn't even be in like getting any snaps in the league. Um, and I mean it. So you and they didn't look good on offense. Like that whole game, you had like obviously a couple of plays the the Odell Beckham Jr. that looked good. Other than that, everybody remembers that that offense didn't look good. Um. But they're also a couple plays away from being five and one. But I think, I think team, I think the Browns fans are kind of underestimating how good the Pittsburgh Steelers are, even with a third string quarterback. 
I don't know if you watch the game. They're a much better coached team than what the Browns are right now. They they know they know what their limitations are and they know what their strengths are and they utilize. The coaching is more cohesive. It is absolutely they, they more cohesive. Yes. They understand what their players' strengths and weaknesses and they use those strengths and limit to what the weaknesses are. And their defense is still there. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense they disguise things up better than a lot of teams and they're going to give Baker Mayfield fits like they did last year and when when Baker saw him the first time he's going to see him again you know and maybe he's learned from some of that but he they know exactly what he's not going to be good at and they can disguise stuff and they are so they are a better team than what a lot of Browns fans give him give him credit for and the Buffalo Bills are a lot better team especially on defense than the Browns give him credit fans give him credit for so like I don't, I, and there's a there's this good scenario where like there's all these wins that happen at the end of the season. Like I can also see them not happening as well. So, oh God, John. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where like like people, you know, everybody has been going, oh, I'll just wait until the second half of the season. It's like mm, you want to win games when you have the opportunity to win games, and you want to be you know clicking early on. And based on what we've seen so far. Like I have a lot of doubts that they're going to end up being this nine and seven, 10 and six team because of the easy part of the schedule. Like Miami should be an easy win. And the two Cincinnati games should be easy wins. Other than that, like Denver's is still a good, good team. They're two last second field goals away from being a four and two team, you know, and leading, you know, leading in the AFC West. So it's, it's, not going to be this cakewalk cupcake schedule down the stretch that everybody thinks it's going to be because the Steelers are going to be a much better team because they figure it out. So, uh, all right. Well, John puts this one to doom and gloom to the end. Uh, make sure you check in at John Costco three on Twitter. Uh, obviously John over at PFF. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound your PFF show. Uh, LGB on the LOB, uh, breathe everybody. Woosah. It's the bye week. LGB on the LOB. Let's go.